It's the week of August 5th, and this is MASHcast number 97. Episode of the Mash Those Buttons Mash Cast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and for the first time ever, Joel Couture. I don't care how anyone's doing. Nick cares. I don't. You know, I just ask, but you'll notice they can't answer. So you're right. I'm I'm sorry. This is a bad I, start. I'm already being impolite. I don't even know these people. <laughs> this is a hell of a way to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Joel. I'm going to not be a dick anymore. That was it. I got it out of my system. Dick on the internet. Finally. Complete. Done. I don't have to do it anymore. Let's be nice. How's everybody doing? <laughs> there you go. Nice, nice restart right there. <laughs> you can edit that out. And for those who visit the site, you, I'm pretty sure at some point you have written, uh, read something of Joel's as he posts probably the most out of anybody here. This is why I'm never on here talking. Yeah, he's too busy actually writing stuff, you know, doing the real work. Getting shit done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Playing video games and typing about them because, yeah, it's rough stuff. Terrible. He lives a hard life. I do. But my pain is all for you. We all thank Joel for his sacrifice. <laughs> 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 now, this is uh, MASHCAST number 97, and uh, oh, Mikey couldn't make it tonight, obviously, as he is not here being his uh, you know normal depressing self <laughs> so you know he, we have nobody here to hate controllers because i'm pretty sure joel doesn't hate controllers the way I, Mikey does. I, love, I love them to an excessive degree and you'll probably give me a hard time for it at some point probably so well let's just get into it let's you know for uh, for joel i'm not sure how often joel listens but we do a what have you been playing segment and since you are the guest you get to start what have you been playing but I'm not allowed to talk about what I've been playing until the 14th. Well, you don't have to mention that specific game. But that's what I've been obsessing over. Well, I, I know. Yeah. Is that what I think it is? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it rhymes with taints grow more. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Nick... that? You thought about that? <laughs> oh, that, that was... Nick, he he's the one who posted that to my Facebook when I did the preview. Yeah. Oh, Good job, Nick. I've been trying to come up with like some way of saying it, but that's perfect. <laughs> they do grow. Yep. So what else have you been playing besides Taints Grow More? <laughs> uh, I played an indie game called uh, Gorodon. Gordon. Uh, it's it's Spanish. I can't pronounce it, but it's a it's a neat little title where you play as a pterodactyl that's busted out of its egg and wants to wreak havoc on humanity and the other monsters that are around. Like kind of like a 2D game where you shoot lightning at buildings and military vehicles, and it's just delightful. Except for the fact that you have a single life, 
So when you screw up, it, it's pretty much all over. Actually, um, when I read I read your uh, your review of it, mm-hmm. I downloaded it that night. I made it to like the fifth level on my first try. Yeah. But damn, like like it's fucking ridiculous at yeah, some points. It, and my brain the whole time was like, this shouldn't be hard. Why why do you keep failing? This shouldn't be hard. Just well, you, just shoot the monster. Just shoot you know the other the thing vehicle. Is, when I when I was fighting planes that died in a single hit because you know not just planes but all the different vehicles with the planes and the tanks and all that stuff. I said, this is fair. This right here is fair because, you know, you only have one life. And it's challenging right now. Yeah. But then you get to the vehicles that need multiple hits to be killed. I'm like, this is fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) This is like, this is actually pretty difficult. (laughs) Especially ones like, um, one of the vehicles I had the hardest time with was the bomber. Like, I always, always charge those things head on, and I'm shooting them, shooting them, shooting them, and they always take one more hit before I smash into them. So I always take that one hit, and then they die in the next shot. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm like, you know, I so basically, I just, I just let them go until I absolutely have to kill them. So I just, you know, I got proficient at ducking the bombs. Yeah, because the bombers are kind of stupid. I mean, they're, I find they're the easiest thing to sort of dodge their shots. Yeah, yeah, and I, I actually, be honest, in the real world, they're kind of kind of productive. Like, why would you bomb a flying object? Yeah, it seems a little silly, but I mean, video games, come on. Yeah, That's yeah. how things work. But it was like the game is cool, and like you know, I'm used to playing Shump, so keeping like you know my uh, my ship. I guess I'm, I'm used to saying my ship, mm-hmm. you know, out of harm's way, like you know, and making sure I don't get hit by by projectiles is um something I'm used to, but like, it's just, the game is very, very challenging. And I think the aspect that, you know, if you get hit too much, you're done is, yeah. is an issue, but I, I did play that game. And, uh, I think we definitely want to talk about it on that. Uh, we have, we have a pilot episode for a new show coming up. So I think we want to talk about it there. What, uh, what else you been playing? Uh, Gordon, uh, I tried the mercenary Kings preview. Uh, wasn't too bad, but, uh, talking about, calling it, a saying it was inspired by Contra and Metal Slug just doesn't seem to fit. Other than that, it's 2D and you have guns that you can shoot people with. Uh, it just, uh, there's a large focus in the game on collecting items to craft new stuff for yourself. Like your gun is split up into five different parts and each part sort of adds something to the firearm, but you have to build those parts by collecting other things. So right. it feels like I'm always out and about looking for like, uh, I'm short on copper because I, I want my gun to shoot faster or something. It just feels like a collect quest instead of sh- just shooting dudes. I, I don't know. I think I came to it with the wrong expectations because they, of what they said it was inspired by. Right. Well, even the preview kind of make it makes it seem like it's just a shit ton of shooting against a lot of enemies, and crafting is just kind of a part of it. Yeah, but I felt crafting was the biggest part of it because a lot of it, you stick around in a lot of the similar, a lot of similar areas, and the enemy layout doesn't really change. So I don't, I never found it terribly exciting or shooty. This is a dumb way of putting it, but I, I mean, I just didn't feel like there was a huge focus on the gunplay. It was more on collecting things so I could build other things to do the same levels over and over again a little better. Hmm. Well, I still want to. I think I'm still going to check it out. I'll probably get in on the early access myself. Oh yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they've got time to to tweak it too. So, now I know that it came with sixty levels. How many levels did you actually get involved with? Uh, I got to about a little bit past the end of the city. Okay. So that's a good, 
I think that's almost thirty. Really? Okay, yeah, I know. Like, I know, like the preview has sixty levels right now, and the full game is supposed to have like one hundred by the time, um, by the time they're ready to to, I guess, yeah, release. The thing is that all those fifteen first levels in the jungle all took place in about four maps, three or four maps. So by levels, they more mean like objectives within those stages. I'm feeling so. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's a different story too. Yeah, because that was that was another thing that kind of tripped me up. I just uh, I got really sick of the same four maps because I knew the enemy layouts, so there wasn't really anything new. It's just like you have something new to do. It's like now go kill all the snipers in this level. It's like oh now go get ten pieces of fabric. It's like is this what is this how you make up a hundred levels? Sounds like World of Warcraft. Yeah, a little bit, and I won't play that neither. Yeah, so. for shame. I'm oh. sorry, Nick. Nick's like, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, anything else? Uh, those are the main things. I played the uh, Metro Last Light DLC. Um, not too bad. The gunner and sniper ones weren't too hot. The sniper one, because, I mean, the sniper rifle, it doesn't jiggle when you aim it. Like, I'm so used to that in most shooters now. Yeah. Where it has some sort of like, as if you're breathing or moving or something like that. But no, I put the, I put the sight on somebody, it stays right there. Hmm. And a lot of the guys in that uh, little short stage stand still a whole lot. So for something that's kind of dedicated to sniping, it's just way too easy. Yeah, I whenever I come across like a game that has a sniper rifle that doesn't at least sway or move or mm-hmm. anything like that, I don't mm-hmm. know, it, it doesn't really feel good. No, it feels unnatural now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm used to the gun kind of swaying a little bit, and you sort of have to time when you shoot. Just adds a little bit of challenge to being able to pick everybody off from like 100 miles away. Yeah. But the uh, the uh, scavenger hunt mode, where you're like a soldier who's supposed to go out and collect items from the environment and bring them back to a central hub, that that was actually pretty fun. Right. Because uh, you have... You, there's no real equipment in the field. There's like a handful of bullets every once in a while. But most of it you have to buy by bringing stuff back from the surface. So you have a limited amount of filters and bullets that you can afford. So if you screw up a whole lot, you can screw yourself permanently. And it also means you have to kind of figure out, you know, am I going to get X fire this time? How much ammo would I need? How many filters do I need? So I don't run out of oxygen on the way back. I just found it was kind of like an interesting mode. It couldn't be much longer than it was without getting a little dull. Right. But just it, it was just so fun. It's kind of something different for a shooter. And that was you said that that was worth the five dollars alone. Oh God, yeah, five bucks. That was a blast. I played that for about four or five hours. I just kept trying it because I missed one or two items, and it was driving me nuts because I wanted to complete it, like completely complete it. Hmm. At least I mean, at least it's good. I mean. That much gameplay for five dollars of mm-hmm. DLC. I know, like, um, what game that pissed me off when I bought the DLC for it? Sleeping Dogs. I absolutely love Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, but great. Each of the DLCs, like, they're like five bucks a piece, but they only last like an hour. That reminds me of Saints Row Two when I bought one of its DLC. It was like three missions long. I think it was like twenty minutes. Cost me ten bucks. I was mad. Yeah, actually, like, you can play as Tara Patrick. Is like. I, I, I don't care. I, I don't care when she has her clothes on. I just don't. So, <laughs> but you know what? Like, um, oh, what game? Oh, Saints Row Three, the DLC. Each of the DLCs is like seven bucks, mm-hmm. and the they they last no more than an hour. Yeah, 
Like, and I think it's like, well, may, no, Genki is a different story. The mm. Genki one can actually last you longer because actually, besides adding, besides having the Genki Bowl and stuff like that, uh, it also adds a bunch of those points in the city. Mm. Um, which, to be honest, well, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll hold off because I, I need to talk about Saints Row Three and my what have been playing. Um, mm-hmm. But what? Anything else, Joel? Or you all? Oh, that, that's been what I've been pretty much playing. Hasn't been much other time for anything else with that game, which shall not be named. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. you, you did get a sneak peek of uh, my character in uh, the uh, the post about the character generator. Oh, that was yours. That was your. Oh character. yes, that is my character. <laughs> okay. Seeing that thing flying across the city skyline must give people nightmares. <laughs> I can't wait to play with other human beings. Nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, what have you been playing? I've been playing a game called Rogue Legacy. Oh man, I was I really want to know about that one. Oh, it's it's fun. Um, it's basically a, a, a like the name suggests a roguelike uh, where you have a procedurally generated castle, and it's actually I think it's even more in depth than the castle. But I haven't really gotten through the castle to know if anything lies beyond that. Uh, but you get to pick. Uh, well, what happens? Well, you start. With, you get to choose between one of three different randomly generated characters, uh, and uh, what you do is you play through. You have one life. Uh, when you you know you go as far as you can in the castle, you die, and then you pick from one of that one of three heirs from that person, who again is each of them being randomly generated, and then you play as that heir, and you go into the castle again, and the castle is all different this time, uh, you know, but you still try to progress further because the. Uh, as you play, um, when you, you, each time you play through, it's a little bit iterative in that all the money that you accrue, you then get to spend on upgrading your camp and upgrading your home castle. Um, and there you can buy stuff like more classes that people can be. Uh, you can upgrade the classes. Uh, you can increase hit points. So this way, each of the subsequent heirs have more hit points. Uh, you, there's, you, you can buy stuff like a blacksmith where then you can equip your characters better. Uh, so, you know, and all these things give each subsequent generation uh, a better chance for survival as they go through the castle again uh, in their attempts at, at getting to the end. And there's a mystery with... Um, uh, uh, sort of some some familial murder and deceit and uh there's like a, a an assassin's plot there are journals that lay it out um and i'm still fairly early in so the plot's not really uh not really that obvious yet um but the fun part of the game uh, and beyond just you know you know r- repeatedly jumping into this this castle uh, and dying endlessly. Uh, the fun part of the game is that each each character has randomly generated traits, and some of the traits are. So I, I should say, I, 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 it might well be that all the traits are actually very important, uh, but some of the traits seem to be sort of useless, like bald. I have yet to find a use for a character who's bald. Um, but other traits come into play in very major ways, uh, like a character can be nearsighted. And so what happens is when they go when they when they go into the castle, everything that's outside of a certain radius of their vision is blurry, and you know that changes the way you play the game. And then there's other traits. Uh, one of the characters can have irritable irritable bowel syndrome, and so every so many <laughs> steps you take, they fart. Um, or uh, my personal favorite was one of the characters can have vertigo, and so when you play with that character, they flip the screen upside down. So you have to still use the controls with your normal, uh, you know, with the normal button set, but it's, it's all inverted. So that's a little tricky. Um, 
and that alone put makes so much variety for the game and between you know wanting to see like what combination of traits am i going to get next because some of the traits are actually useful um like uh there's like you can be like a was i think gigantism uh where you're twice the size that you normally would be and so yeah being twice as big you know you have a broader swing uh when you swing your sword that's that's useful in you know in some of the combat um but then other traits are like the vertigo is can be detrimental um so so you know seeing the different combinations of traits that you get and characters can have more than one trait at a time um so you know you, you do get some interesting combinations but seeing how those traits interplay and then trying to you know figure out some of the puzzles that you get in the castle you know versus some of those traits you know is a bit amusing um but the other thing then too is just go you know you go through and you might find a blueprint um for the blacksmith or you might find a uh you might find a rune for the enchantress or even then you might just collect enough gold that you can buy an upgrade at your at your home base and then the problem is though you can't get back to the home base so the only way you can spend that gold is to die <laughs> and so you kind of you know it's one of those things where it's like okay i'll just play through this you know after this character dies i'll stop and then you get enough gold to unlock something you're like well now i gotta go unlock that but before you can unlock it you have to pick the next air once you pick the next air you're like well let me play with this air until that person dies and so it's it's very addictive in that regard and i've been enjoying the hell out of it huh it seemed interesting i wanted to check it out but i just didn't have time yeah same so, here yeah and nick was uh you know blessed with that key yeah <laughs> i got lucky Oh, that, ver- that vertigo thing sounds like it would drive me nuts. You know, it's not hard enough that it's a rogue. Like, let's let's flip you upside down because you know I've never I never get confused when they flip my controller. Uh, do things the, like that. The other the other one that that irritated me. Well, it was fun, but it also irritating. Uh, characters can be dyslexic, and all the text that you come across is is jumbled and. Mm-hmm. I hit one of the journal entries that, you know, explains part of the plot and I'm sitting there trying to decipher, like, what does this actually say? I was like, it's not <laughs> fair. It's just not fair. I can't uh, find this now. Can, are, are those journal entries like saved so you can read them later or? No, every time you go, every time, <laughs> every time I found another journal entry, it's incremented the story forward. That so really I have yet sucks. to actually like find a repeat. So, um, yeah, it, it's, That's... I've only found like five so far, but. That is actually pretty balls. Yeah, that's that's not safe. That's pretty good. No, but uh, as I said, I've I've been enjoying that game. I've been playing that quite a bit. Okay. Oh, what else? What else you been playing? A little bit of Saints Row Three, but not nothing too significant. Uh, That's about it. Okay. Uh, well, I I haven't really haven't. This weekend was rough for me. Actually, pretty much. Last weekend, this weekend was really tough for me. I haven't had a chance to really play anything, but I did get a chance to finish Saints Row 3, and the only reason I did is because I knew I was so close to the end. I didn't realize I was that close to the end. I was actually so close to the end that my next mission was the last mission <laughs> of the game. So um, that that mission actually annoyed, it annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> It really did because I didn't realize, like, you know, I didn't realize I was going to need high explosives to get through the ending. You didn't bring high explosives all the time? No, I did, but I ran out because I was running into so much stuff that I could use the explosives on. Hmm, good point. There's a thing, like, that that last mission, like, there's, like, tanks and shit and 
all this everything they, they throw everything they have at you because you have to break up uh these not break up but you have to go to these different areas where there's these big fights i'm not spoiling anything big right now so don't worry about it but there's these big fights you have to go to these areas and pretty much like tanks and stuff roll in before you can you know finish clearing out the area the only reason i beat it is because luckily uh, somebody from our, one of the guys from our, a special from the uh the luchadors came and so once i killed him i took his grenade launcher or the thing where it shoots like five grenades at a time and oh, I started yeah, shooting thanks. at the tank, and that's how I beat the last tank. But the only reason I even was able to beat it, I think, because it was really putting some pressure on me, I got it stuck in a ditch. <laughs> so I got it stuck in a ditch, and yeah. Uh, so that was um, that was that was pretty cool. And then I did not go back and do the alternate ending yet. You know, the, uh, there, there's two. There's two. You can do two things at the end of the game, uh, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody. There's two choice. There's two choices you can make. Um, I should say there's a choice to make, um, and I I chose uh, one thing, and you know you can do the last mission again, which definitely I don't know if I just want to go to YouTube and watch the alternate ending, or if I just want to actually play through it. Now, Joel, did you you beat Saints Row Three? I, I know. Oh God, yes, um, I played it obsessively. Did you beat do both endings? Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember them being particularly impressive, nor the separate levels each of them unlocks. I, I don't remember liking them all that much, so you might as well go to YouTube. Okay. It's it, Depending on which one, ending you did, you might want to go beat up a certain somebody in the ending. That might be worthwhile to you, but if that level gave you that much headache, I'd say don't even bother. Well, well I'll say this. I went to the statue. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I went to the statue... And you know how after the final, the, the last cutscene, mm-hmm. you do, you know that that thing happens somewhere. Yeah. Uh, is it? Do you get the same ending on the you other side a, too? You get a different ending level, I believe. It's that, been a while since I played it, but I'm pretty sure you get a whole different ending level. That's what I want to know. Like I want to know if, like, because if it's a whole different ending level, yeah, I will actually go back and play it. Yeah, go for it. But I'm pretty. I'm ninety percent positive. There's a whole different ending level. Okay. Yeah, because it'll make sense. Like I didn't. I really didn't see how they would be able to put the other ending. Like put the other people in that ending. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have made any sense at all. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any sense. So, um, I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. Uh, I think I'm going to go back sometime this weekend and just play through that last level again. And now I'm actually even, I mean, I actually have more, um, I guess I'm uh, better equipped to do it now than before because after I came back, I, I start I upgraded the rest of my uh, strongholds. Mm-hmm. And so now I have like, you know, 10% extra ammo on this and extra money coming in from that. So, yeah, I have a lot of extra money. So, nice. love the love the ending song, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Going through the, the last bit of that game, but that game was awesome. Through, through, I'm so mad it took me so long to play through that game. I've had it for a really long time. I've had I've had Saints Row Three for so long. Uh, I caught it on Steam sale a while back, and I just never played it. it was the same thing with Mass Effect Two. Like, yeah. I, I, oh my I, god, I owned that for like two years before I touched it. Yeah, like I did not play it, um, like at all. And then when I did play it, I kind of got hooked into it. To the point where I was like, I don't want to play it anymore because I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the way I, the way I felt about it. Now I actually needed to go through the DLC and um, finish 
uh, all the DLCs, and then I can actually go in the Mass Effect 3 thanks to that Origin sale. I'm the exact same boat. I picked up Mass Effect 3 when it came out, but I wanted to finish the DLC for 2, and I've done neither of those things. What Origin sale? There was an Origin sale back in, like... Remember we talked about it? It was back in, like, June. And it was on sale? Yeah, I got Mass Effect 3. I got the limited edition of Mass Effect 3 for, like, 15 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's the sale where I bought Crisis 3, Mass Uh... Effect 3, and Battlefield 3, all limited editions. For a total of sixty dollars, that's not bad. That's the only reason I did it. The only reason I sold out. <laughs> Cheap games. <laughs> so, so what's what's the difference between what you paid and how much they were worth? Because now we know exactly how much you can be bought for. <laughs> hey, I couldn't pass up the deals. So, uh, not to mention my, I you know I sent in that letter so I can be exempt from that clause. So yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the only thing I played um, that's worth mentioning. I mean, uh, I didn't get a chance to play Horizon again. I did play some more Humans Must Die, but I really need to stop playing it and start and like actually write the review for it because I, I really enjoyed that game. Mm-hmm. Really nice game. So, uh, but let's get into the topics. What has been happening in the game world? Not that much, mm-hmm. actually. I mean, not only are we in a game lull right now, but we're in a news lull too. Um, you know, since Microsoft isn't has changed a lot of their policies, a lot of the hate editorials are, are calming down. Yeah, Dude. there's still one or two always floating around. That is true. That is true. There's one or two. Actually, our first news item is uh, <laughs> going to cause uh, some some hate, or has caused some hate. Because the, the that Xbox Live DVR, well, the game DVR feature that what does it record the last five minutes of gameplay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's uh, one of the features of the of the uh, you know the new Xbox or the Xbox One. Sorry, I should say um, that feature is locked behind Xbox Live Gold, in which no one is surprised. No one is surprised. I mean, I you know no no, no one really should be surprised by that. Um, but like you know, I guess the funny thing is, and you can ask why, but you really know the answer no matter what Microsoft says. Like why? Like it's not like that feature needs to be supported by a subscription service. No, you know that that feature doesn't need to be supported by a subscription service. It's a local feature. Yep. It's not like Netflix. You know, Netflix is kind of saying, like, you know, we gotta pay Netflix so that we can, uh, you know, provide the service and blah 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 and this that and the other and. Right, yeah, because right, I don't right. already pay for Netflix myself, you know. That's not already covered. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the real reason, of course, is that Microsoft wants that money, that that sweet, sweet Xbox Live money. <laughs> yeah, well, if I wasn't going to pay for Xbox Live Gold before, I'm certainly not going to pay it so I can get five last five minutes of my terrible shooter gameplay <laughs> so I can watch it all over again. Like, oh, look, that's where the guy is shooting me, and I don't even know where he is. Let's watch that three or four times and upload it to YouTube. Yeah, like, I, I know my actually, um, like, two years ago, I bought a reduced uh, subscription, not reduced subscription, but a reduced price for a two-year subscription. It was, mm-hmm. like, 50 bucks for two years, so I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, got it through Amazon, and that's that's coming to a close in October, and I really don't know if I'm going to renew my Xbox Live subscription. Why would you? When was the last time you turned your Xbox on? April. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like back in April. 
Which is the last playing in April. Halo 4. And you know what? I like Halo 4. I want to play Halo 4. And then every time I go to turn on the console, because my Xbox kind of sits there right next to my PS3, I'm like, play one game on my Xbox? Or play a game on my PS3, then switch it over to Amazon Prime, maybe switch it over to Netflix, and then back to another game. But what if you want to know if there's a new flavor of Doritos? They might show that in one of the headboxes. That's why I follow uh, Jeff Kahn's uh, Twitter. Well, as long as someone's keeping you up to date on Doritos, there's no reason to turn on the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, basically, that's not because Halo 4 was good, but I mean, just to be honest with you, I don't know. Like, I really don't even think, between my PC games and my PS3 games and the other stuff I do on my PS3, I do so much on my PS3 now to the point where I come home and I, inst- I just instinctively turn on my PS3. It's actually the, uh, it's actually the um, the same way as do with my Xbox. I used to just come home and turn my Xbox on all the time, and then just like you know watch Netflix, watch a DVD, um, you know do something. But people, people think I thought I was joking when they changed that interface, which made it actually harder for me to get around my Xbox. That was a huge turnoff. Yeah, that was a huge turnoff for me, and I started looking to the PS3 for more. I started buying more games on the PS3. You know, I started, well, you know, why? I finally tried Netflix on PS3, mm-hmm. and I like it so much better than the one on Xbox Live. How is it? Not that I've ever used the one on Xbox Live, but, I mean, the, the one on PS3 is fairly intuitive, so how is Xbox Live Netflix? How is that worse? It's not, it's not like, really, it's not that much worse. It's just, like, I, I like the interface better on the PS3. I actually, I have a PS3 remote, you know? Because when I first bought my PS3 and I saw you're that holding I, it up too. Yeah, I am holding it up. Well, <laughs> I keep my PS3 remote very close to me at all times. Okay, so when I found when I got my PS3, I knew that I was going to be watching Blu-rays on this thing all the time. Well, not all the time, but you know, I'll be watching Blu-rays on this thing. And to be honest with you, besides Metal Gear Solid, I thought I'd be watching Blu-rays on my PS3. Okay, I didn't think I was going to be playing that many games. So I got the remote, like the first day I got my PS3. And this remote is the reason why the PS3 is like one of my, is like my main media thing now. So it's so easy. And the batteries last forever. The batteries in these things last forever, dude. I am not shitting you. It's awesome. So I didn't mean for that to become a PS3 advertisement. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a nice remote <laughs> control. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, I think given that you don't need a remote to to use the Connect, I think it's really a secret Xbox advertisement. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you have to push buttons? That's like that what was Back to the Future 2? You have yeah. to use your hands? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's because but... I love talking to my, my game systems. I'm sorry, Nintendo burned me on that with Mario. I think it was Mario Party 5 talking to like this one game. It's like you have to pick one of the characters or something and say it. And I said Donkey Kong. And I was like, did you say Princess Peach? And, and that was it for like audio commands and video games. I'm done. I was done. I was like, no, this is too stupid. I'm never doing this again. Well, I mean, to be honest, well, I shouldn't say to be honest. Supposedly, the, the new Connect is supposed to be very, very intuitive. And it's supposed to be very, it's supposed to be able to detect the difference between your voice and somebody else's voice. So it's supposed to know you as a person. But can it detect the difference between your voice and somebody else's voice impersonating you? 
I don't know. Like that's who knows. They may do like a full body scan and voice authorization. Like who knows? It's gonna do retinal scans. Yeah, yeah like, like I no mean, full bodies. Like you're getting fatter. It's like you <laughs> filthy machine. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that'd be funny. Somebody makes an Xbox One app that degrades you if it detects that your BMI is higher. Should, <laughs> that should degrade funny. you for owning an Xbox One. Yeah, like we have you, sucker. No, but um, yeah, like, but the the the, the new Connect is supposed to be much better to its credit, and I've been hearing great things about it. But like I said so many times, I have no place to put a Connect, so de- <laughs> so therefore I I have no place to put an Xbox One. You apparently have no place to put your remote either, since you carry that around with you at all times. No, I use it so much. Like if I'm at my computer desk, it's on my computer desk. If if I'm like like closer over there, like I'm pointing over there, like you guys can see it. But like if I'm over by like where my uh, my game TV is, it's over by my game TV because at any given time I may want to stop and watch Battlestar Galactica. So you know it goes where I go. Serious danger. You might not be able to watch Battlestar Galactica. I'm glad you got that handled. <laughs> Thank you. you know, there's certain things in your life that you have to keep under control, and that's one thing I definitely have a, a grip on. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, emergency Battlestar Galactica watching. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, back to the original topic, which I don't even know how we got over there. Um, yeah, so that feature is locked behind Xbox One Live. You know, gold, and there really is no excuse for it. Yeah, Microsoft. no good reason. There's no good reason why that feature is locked behind Xbox Live Gold, since it's you know a local feature. At least, you know, first of all, this is Sony's first forte in really charging somebody. Like this generation is the first time they're going to charge somebody for online access. But mm-hmm. it it really feels like, at least on the Sony side, that it's for the stuff that you probably should pay for, like you know, uh, you know, better. Uh, Better network connectivity for games, for online multiplayer. You know, more. You know, you know, it's more stable there. The whole group chat thing. Um, PS Plus, PS Plus by itself is worth that. Yes. Yeah. Just PlayStation Plus alone is worth it. So on top of that, it's like Amazon Prime, for example. Amazon Prime for eighty bucks a year. And they're not sponsoring us. They should because I would give I would give a a, a, a very nice advertisement for Amazon Prime every year, uh, every what, show. What are they gonna give you free shipping on anything in in uh, less than two days? Yeah, it's uh, you get two day free shipping. Okay, so you get two day free shipping, but on top of that, you also get like the Amazon Prime like instant video service, which this is how I've watched pretty much all of Doctor Who on the instant video service. That's also how I watch the Hunger Games for free. You get tons of stuff on instant video for free. It's awesome. Like, the, the, just for 80 bucks, the two-day free shipping is worth it. You yes. know? Especially for, like, you know, I, like, I shaved my head. I needed some emergency razors, you know, because I was running out, but I didn't feel like paying, like, the bajillion dollars they charge you at CVS. So I got them on Amazon Prime for much cheaper. And I could, they came to me in two days, just in time for me to shave my head. Look at that. It's a touching story. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So, if Jeff Bezos has listened to this, you know, I know you just bought the Washington Post and everything, but hey, throw some well, ad money this way. We'll, yeah. we'll hook you up. Wink, well, wink. We, we already established how much Jarrett costs to buy, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's at least $15. Oh my god, I'm such a whore. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, well, that news came out, and a lot of people were like, that's not really news, but hey, like I said, it's a slow news week, folks. Wait, news that you're a whore came out? No. News about the, the the game DVR. I would expect every single good feature 
on the Xbox One to be behind the Xbox Live Gold subscription oh, service. Yeah. I think the- Definitely. Uh, just to, to see from the way they've been acting and just the way they've slowly been moving things behind it every time something good and new comes out. It's like, oh, that sounds like really cool. Canada's finally going to get like a sports network. No, no. Xbox Live Gold. Yep. Everything's behind Xbox Live Gold. It's like you're, you're, paying, you're paying double. Isn't, mm-hmm. isn't the fundamental question what's on Xbox Live Silver then? I can tell you that. I have that because I refuse to pay for gold and it's nothing. Although the ads for Doritos are free. <laughs> Crunchy. Xbox Live Silver just means you have an account on your Xbox. And I think you receive system you receive system and game updates, that's it. I do get those. Can yeah. you buy DLC through Xbox Live Silver? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. They'll they'll let me give them money. <laughs> give me anything cool back for free. Yeah. I'm considered the dirty section of the Xbox. Ones I don't want to admit exist. Take this, you dogs. It's like, I'm terrible at online, so I'm not going to pay to be terrible online. No. I don't know. I just, the reason I still have Xbox Live Gold for so long is because I've had it for so long. I had Xbox Live since before there was a gold or a silver. I had Xbox Live when it was just called Xbox Live. Um, let me tell you a story about my call to Microsoft one time when I bought an episode of Fringe and it wouldn't play the last five minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Nick, did I already talk to you about this? I've heard this story, yes. You can <laughs> you can go, though. Okay, so I'm on the phone with this guy. Basically, all I want is my money back at this point. All right? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly tell you that... Actually, I'll tell you the, the resolution uh, to that problem after I go through this story. But basically, I'm on the phone with this guy, right? And he looks at my account. He's like, "Wow, you've been on, you've had Xbox Live for a really long time." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You've had it since day one." I'm like, "Yeah, I had it. I got it on like the very first day." He says, "So like, before Xbox Live, what did you do?" Just like that was the question he asked me. He's like, <laughs> "What did you do?" Like all we had to play with was like you know wooden sticks. <laughs> you know, before Xbox yes, Live. Before the Xbox, there was darkness. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, what? it's like, what was life like before the Xbox, Grandpa? It's like, nothing. Yeah, Chaos, the swirling cosmos was just beginning to form at the Xbox at its center. Like, what What kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah. just Where like, do you dig these people up? Dude, it, it, it's Microsoft tech stuff. I was like, what did you do before Xbox Live? And so I started telling him about... um. Actually, did you have an original Xbox, Joel? Uh, I got one for 40 bucks, like two years after the 360 came out. Because oh, okay. when asked, what would you play with the Xbox for? I said a doorstop. Uh, there was nothing I wanted to play on it. At the time, uh, gotcha. Nope. All right, well, before Xbox Live, for, for those who don't know, or those who haven't heard that story before, uh, there's this thing called GameSpy, uh, the GameSpy Tunnel, and those were familiar with PC gaming in the early 2000s will remember GameSpy. Like, GameSpy, right now, how Steam is with, with multiplayer, like, everybody's using Steam as their backbone for multiplayer. GameSpy was that shit. Like, GameSpy was the shit for multiplayer. Their network was incredible. Um, for At the time, for multiplayer. Like, playing Alien vs. Predator on, like, GameSpy multiplayer was, you couldn't tell me we weren't living the high life. 
you know, we were living the high life. We were the kings of the internet through the GameSpy network. GameSpy had this thing called the GameSpy Tunnel, which what it did basically was create a VPN connection between you and a bunch of other people. So the original Xbox could network, but it could only do local networks. So what GameSpy Tunnel did was turn your network into a VPN so you can connect with anybody across the network. The problem was you had to do this VPN for every single game you played. And I don't mean just like individual games like Halo and Crimson Tide. Actually, I'm sorry, Crimson Tide had um, Xbox Live support. So like Halo and games like that before before Xbox Live. I'm talking about every single multiplayer session, you had to reconnect to this tunnel. And my problem was that my computer with my internet equipment was upstairs. Okay? My Xbox was downstairs. So between games... My mom would just hear me running up and down the steps, <laughs> setting up the tunnel, saying, "My friends, okay, I'll be down there, and then you know, I'll be back, and then I'll go down, and we and then we play." And the thing is, there's no voice chat or anything like that. The only chat you can do was on the computer, which I had to run back upstairs. So when I went to talk trash, I had to re, you know, I had to remember what somebody did to me in game, right? <laughs> I had to remember what these people did to me in game and go back and talk shit. <laughs> you know, on the computer. Yeah. You have to keep notes. Like, this guy's a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. Say there's something about his mom later. Yeah, you know? Like, that's 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 basically what I had to do. And that was, that's life. That's that's life before Xbox Live on console. <laughs> For those God. who I just who want to know. hear stories about how people used to talk shit. <laughs> I think that would be just completely entertaining all on its own. It's like, oh, back then... Wasn't as easy to call somebody a cum guzzling whore. <laughs> you had to earn it. Uh, dude. Yeah, there was definitely no way to block people either, so you just had to take it. You know? If if it was coming down or if it was being rained down on you, you just had to take it. But you know what? I think that made me a harder person. Like if somebody says something to me and like especially if it doesn't make sense, it's like, dude, it doesn't even make sense. Get better. Like, come on. Better insults, please. Come on. Let's go. At least try here. At least try to insult me better. Do that if you're gonna insult me, you know? So But yeah, it was it it, it those were the days, man. That's what like the, the the internet was the wild frontier. Like online multiple was the wild frontier. Now like all these you know, publishers and developers, they want to tame it and control the service. Like, no, man, you need to let, you, you need to let the, the, uh, the settlers ride, you know, get in there, get do that, that gold rush. Time is over. The time is over, man. Like the modding days of the, that's like the wild west of online gaming. You know, anything could happen. Epic will release several tournament and then release modding tools. You know how many different games that spawned? Oh, look at Half-Life. Half-Life releases, released, you know, their modding tools for, well, for Half-Life. But, but um, Valorant, they released the modding tools for Half-Life. And how many games did that spawn? Counter-Strike, Blue Shift. I can't even name all of the Half-Life mods that it, it, that it spawned. And it's like, really, it's like those days feel like they're over. There's people still playing Modern Warfare 4 because that was the last Call of Duty to release modding tools. You know? And they have some cool mods for that. I kind of miss those days, man. I wish I could go back to those days with the computer I have right now. <laughs> it wouldn't even run those games, to be honest with you. 
See, I don't know if, if it's, this has to do with the computer that you have now, but you do look at some of the services that they're trying to offer with the next generation of consoles. Like that, was it Project Spark on the uh, on the Xbox? Yeah. And that looked like the kind of thing where they've got the online community designed to allow for modding and everything to be uploaded so that that kind of game might harken back to the good old days in that regard. Of course, I'm sure, as we said, all those services for that game will be behind uh, Xbox Live Gold. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe the future is not entirely dim. I don't know for that game, because to be honest with you, like that game is specifically supposed to be, I'm pretty sure it's specifically supposed to be like their Little Big Planet, their answer to Little Big Planet. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like that game is supposed to be, their answer to Little Big Planet. Uh, so I don't know if they locked the features behind gold. Actually, I mean, if they did, that would be that would cause some big trouble. If people like were getting the game, and then they turned yeah. the game on, and it was like, oh, you can't do this because it's locked behind Xbox Live Gold. Oh, yeah. Some discs could get broke right there. Yeah, and then you can't even do a class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's, it's only the restriction of, say, sharing your stuff, but, um, you know, presumably obtaining other stuff might be free. And I don't know, it also depends how much actual content comes with the disc itself. That is true. Unless it's like fours of five and the whole game doesn't come with the disc. <laughs> Way to go, guys. <laughs> They're like, but Microsoft, you promised. <laughs> well, that's that's what happens when Microsoft reverses their policies. That is what happens when Microsoft reverses their policies, which brings us right into our next topic uh, regarding... Well, actually, it, mostly everybody is happy with Microsoft's reverse policies, except this one guy. Well, not this one guy. I'm pretty sure there's other people who are upset. Well, no, actually, sorry. There's a lot of people who are upset because they even had a petition uh, to bring back the policies that were, were taken away. Or the, the features that were taken away, <laughs> as a lot of people <laughs> like to say from the Xbox One. But uh, Jesse Shell, uh, spelled S-C-H-E-L-L. So I'm, I believe that's, that's, that's Shell. You know... Uh, Rob Hill was always the one that had the pronunciation of that stuff. He was good for that. But, but uh, it's just me and Nick now. And Joel. So And Joel's Canadian, so I don't even know if he can pronounce that. I can't. It just I can't even see the letters. They come across all weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Dang yeah. these Canadian eyes. <laughs> so, uh, Jesse uh, Shell, he says that Microsoft made a mistake in listening to their customers. That's a fun sentence right there. There's one mistake they all make, and that mistake is listening to their customers. What are you talking about? Yeah. The customers are the people who are going to buy it. If they're basically coming out and saying, I'm not going to buy your product if this is how it works. I'm going to go buy the PS4. What can you do with that? You can't say they're wrong. That's what they're going to do. That's true. His his reasoning is that, you know, they would would learn to love it. He's saying that they would... uh, you know, they would hate it at first or say they wouldn't buy it, but then they'd buy it and then they'd learn to deal with it and then they'd love it because of the future. Yeah, but I can't, learn to, I can't learn to love something I haven't bought. Exactly. Have no That's the point I was going to get to. If people hate it so much that they don't buy it, then they're not really going to learn to love it. And he does actually compare it to Steam. He was like, you know, when Steam first came out, uh, there were problems, which they were. There were major, major issues with Steam. People, people hated Steam. But you know what the funny thing is? It's, he really shouldn't be making that comparison, and the reason why he shouldn't is because Steam didn't pick up the pace until, like, let's say, the last five, six years. 
Steam has been around since 2004. You yeah. know, that's a long time. Microsoft does not have the, the amount of money they are putting into the Xbox One. They do not have that much that time frame for people to love their stuff. Yeah, they do. The whole console life. How long has the Xbox 360 been around? Since what, 2007? Yeah, but if 2006. Nope. That's not that much. That's not that much younger than 2004. But if people didn't love the Xbox 360 when it came out, it wouldn't have continued to thrive. They just need to get enough people to buy it at launch, but they don't need. I mean, I mean, the, nobody loved the PS3 when that came out. Everybody's complaining about the price and everything. And by the end of the, ge- the generation, that's pretty much neck and neck with the Xbox. But the thing is, the difference. The thing is, the reason the people picked up the Xbox 360 or love the Xbox 360 is because of what Sony did with the PS3. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sony had some really rough patches with the PS3. They had to make some major changes. They had, first of all, they got rid of the guy who made it. <laughs> they <laughs> they uh, had to go from that nice looking machine that I had that I paid like a hundred dollars to get fixed that time. They went from that to that pre you know play school toy that they have now. You know, like they they changed a lot to reduce. They re- they had they severely reduced the price of um, producing it to help with the fact that they that they were bleeding cash. You know. The way the Xbox One is set up, how much cheaper can they make it closer to launch? You know, the 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 PS4 had some extra stuff to shed. Like, you know, they they could shed the fact that it was backward compatible. Um, they could change like the 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 out the outside design. Uh, you know, so that it, you know, the outside design was cheaper to produce or the material was cheaper to produce, but you know, it just didn't look as nice. Uh, the Xbox One really doesn't have that luxury because of what's in it, the way it's built and the way the infrastructure is built. It just can't do it. They could lose the connect. They could lose the connect, but they, yeah. well, the thing is like, they wouldn't stop making the connect. They just stop bundling with it. Yeah. You know, they just stop, they just stop bundling it. So. And, and I'm really not sure what the big deal is with bundling the connect in with it at all. Like, haven't we seen enough that connect is not going to be that big of a thing if you I, i'm sure they think they can start picking up the games more by making it a mandatory pack and like everybody has the connect so now we can make more games for it and the games will sell more the games are still terrible right now and i don't suspect that's going to change anytime soon i'm just not seeing any indication that suddenly motion games are going to get better i, I just don't let me tell you something about microsoft and the way they think sometimes uh so microsoft's thinking is that if developers know that every single person has a connect, they will include connect functionality into their games uh, because they know that everybody has it. Okay, so they, they, they basically put that on the consumer and expect the developers to pick up on it. This is not the first time they've done something like this. Uh, does everybody here have Windows Vista or Windows 7? Yep, I did. Now I have Windows 8. Okay. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, you remember those user access controls? Those annoying user access controls? Yep. Do you know yeah. why Microsoft put them in there? Because people are stupid. No. Microsoft put them in there to annoy developers. They thought that if they put the user, the, the, user, the annoying user access control prompts in Windows Vista in particular, that it will force devs to stop using... Uh, uh, they will force devs to stop using their programs with elevated privileges because that's how a lot of infections happen. As a viruses attack um, third-party programs, like they'll attack Adobe Reader, Adobe Flash, 
you know, all of this, you know, Java stuff like that. They'll they'll attack those or exploit weaknesses in those programs, and then we'll take over your Windows installation. So in order to stop that, Microsoft put in the UAC so that it would so that you know users would be getting annoyed. That way, and develop because the developers are trying to use programs with elevated privileges. So therefore, the developers were supposed to stop using programs with elevated privileges, and the problems would be solved, so their users wouldn't be annoyed. But it didn't work that way. The developers kept using the elevated privileges, and it just annoyed the shit out of the users. And that was one of the biggest complaints about UAC. Yep. Okay. So that's how Microsoft thinks. Microsoft has a, obviously has a history of putting stuff on the consumer and expecting the developers to do something about it. Yeah. Well, isn't it partially too that if you know if you know that every Microsoft or every Xbox has a Connect, then when you're doing your Xbox One version of the game, assuming it's a multi-console game, um, then you know you might be inclined to say, "Well, we have the Connect here. Why not go ahead and add a feature just for that?" And then at that's that more point, money. At that point, yeah, then it's like, well, I could get the PS3 version or I could get the Xbox version, which has this awesome little Connect mini game or this Connect feature that that you know might help me. You know, want to want to go that direction. Except but. that's the exact opposite of anything. I think if I see when I see Connect feature, I see something I'm never going to use. Exactly. I have the Connect because I was stupid and I bought it, but I'm never going to use it. I don't like using it. I'm perfectly happy with my buttons. They you know, they do everything I wanted to do. You know, the funny thing is, like that. Remember when Ghost Recon Advanced Soldier came out, and they was like, "Oh, you can you know spread your hands open to to have the guns spread out in Ghost Recon," you know. You know what I have to do to do that in Ghost Recon on a controller? Hold down the left trigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's you know I guess it's it's cool and fucking like Minority Report like to be able to like spread your arms open and like oh the gun's open now like no fuck that like left trigger and I and the thing is like the the first time you go into that mode where you're making the gun or putting the gun together that's cool that's like cool like the first time. But mm-hmm. after the first time or the second time or maybe the third time if you really like it, you basically just go through and you put the parts on the different weapons that you know you want. And I can do that with a controller in like 30 seconds. Maybe less. And you can't do it with Connect. It's more cumbersome. And they just need to get through their heads that gamers do not want it. It's an accessory. Not like, you know, it's not the main the main deal. Sony was yeah. quick to drop their, you know, the the new iToy that that was supposed to come with their system. Well, that's because I think they realized too they had the price point advantage if they did. Yeah, like fuck it, they like fuck it, four hundred dollars, take it out. Yeah, <laughs> like drop it, like hotcakes. The, the guy who made it was like, oh, <laughs> my iToy, think of the children. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely took one for the team. Like you know, he's watching the conference and his friends are just patting him on the back. It's okay. It's okay, Toshi. It's okay. <laughs> There'll be a PS5. Don't worry. I'm, I'm sure they'll sell it midway through its life cycle. No one will buy it, and you can design something else. Well, I think they're it, still selling it now. They're just not bundling it in, right? Yeah, they're still selling it. They're just not bundling it in. Oh, really? Well, I can go ahead and not buy that either. And, and eventually, I may actually get one. And you know why? Because the um, the PlayStation Move is actually, I, I enjoy it when I have people around. It's actually more enjoyable than the Wii when you have people around, because it's more accurate. Have you ever played? Yeah. You played the PlayStation Move, Joel? Yeah, I use it to play uh, House of the Dead Overkill a little bit. Okay. This controller is no, not for not for light shooter games. Right. Yeah. So like yeah, like, I I do like it. I just it's just where I have it right now. I really don't use it, but you know if I have some friends over, 
in particular ladies. We can, you know, do some uh, little PlayStation move. They love that shit. Ladies, have you seen this long black shaft before? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joel's a keeper. (laughs) The headlight's up. I can't explain that. We get to play, like, virtual volleyball. They love it in my apartment. You know, it's real tropical. (laughs) I've never heard it called that before. (laughs) Virtual volleyball. Uh, oh, that's reaching. That that innuendo is reaching. I'm it, sorry, it is. It, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you gotta reach for the stars, and at least you'll land, you'll hit land from the sky or something like that. <laughs> is that what they say? I don't know. No one says it to me. I think it's because <laughs> they don't want they want me to stop talking. <laughs> okay. Well, but yeah. So yeah, Jesse Shell thinks that Microsoft made a mistake and listened to the consumers. Um, yeah, I think you know, like, I knew Nick. Nick thought he had a point. Well, the well, the other part of the point is that one now he, they've reduced the difference between the Xbox and the PS3, or the PS4 rather. Um, so any sort of advantage that they could have gained by trying to offer a different type of service um, is now lost. And the other point too is that that fundamentally a lot of their services were forward thinking. I mean, they were looking not just ahead of for this generation, but really you know sort of a, a digital distribution going forward and. To, for them to be forced to reverse the decisions on that, they're, you know, again, given the, the, the extensive length of console cycles, we've already seen, I mean, you know, like you just like you just said, sort of Steam's rise to prominence with digital distribution on the PC in the last six years, and that's all happened since the introduction of the Xbox 360. So who's to say what type of surfaces will be coming out, not just on PC, but as far as other hardware in the living room over the course of this console? I mean, if they're going to make sort of a stand in that battle, this needs to be where they do it. And, you know, to stay with the, you know, the, the physical disc, you know, s- strategy, that's a bit limiting. Well, um, ju- just because they decide to go digital distribution does not mean that they have to completely abandon the disc strategy like they were. I mean, the only reason you even had a physical disc was just to make people feel warm and fuzzy. You know, yeah, physical disc. Well, I, yeah, I, exactly, Darren. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's fundamentally Shell's point: is that that just because, of, in a way, he's saying that in order to advance, in order to advance sort of the industry, they need to break people out of their comfort zone with what they already know. You know, you're not going to be innovative by producing the same product. That's, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, but but then the problem is that when you break people out of the comfort zone, nobody likes that. That's called the comfort zone for a reason. And so everybody starts screaming for you to stay there and do the same thing. And you're not going to – you're not going – you know, it, it's, they call it the innovator's dilemma. You're not going to innovate if you keep giving people exactly what they want, which is what they already have. That's, that's not true because if he's using Steam as an example. Steam didn't break anybody out of their comfort zone. It didn't. It gradually took over. Steam gradually took over. They should have had the digital distribution in place with the disc option as well, like Sony did. Sony, you can buy physical discs that have the full games on them, or you can download the full games day one from PSN at a discount more than likely, and then more than likely, they're going to have sales periodically on those game, on those digital games more often than if you were to go into a Best Buy unless they try to buy a game. Exactly. This That's, will gradually make people want to do it. Like they'll see the appeal of digital. It's like I can get it same day. I can get it cheaper. And like all these good sales, it just sort of teaches people 
the the value of the uh, the digital distribution rather than saying it's good just choke on it okay you're gonna like it trust us yeah like basically as microsoft kicked in the door walked in the rooms like you're gonna take this and you're gonna like it take it and that's what people didn't tolerate yeah exactly well, I'm not. I'm not defending their their marketing. Yes, you are, Nick. <laughs> Calm down. We talked about that last week, but um, no. But but I think no. I think fundamentally, though, any it, it's it, it, there, there's still a, it's there's still a reliance on the physical disc, and and that that can be an issue going forward. For now, like if they gradually like, do you really think Sony wants to continue with you know physical distribution? No. But what they're going to do over the next, let's say, eight years or so, they're going to have both the physical disc available and they're going to have the digital available. And over time, people will just continue to, you know, they're going to continue to buy more and more digital. That's how what happened with Steam. People were buying physical, saw how easy Steam was, and then once they, they, they'll buy one game, okay? See how quickly it downloaded, which even after when Steam will start picking up pace. I'm trying really hard not to say Steam was picking up Steam. But <laughs> when Steam was picking up pace, you know, the downloads weren't that fast, but it was easy. You know, it was reliable. You didn't really run into problems. And, like, once you gain that trust, you know, so, like, the digital distribution network has to gain that trust. And once it does, then at that point, people will more than likely start to buy. And I can guarantee you, like, probably three, four years from now, Sony's going to release a report saying, this is our saving. You know, people are buying more games digitally than ever. They're buying more full games digitally than they are in retail stores. And that's when we'll start to see people, you know, developers phasing out games from going to fit to go in the physical market, you know? And I think actually that'd be a good thing for indies because now like, you know, they don't, they like the, the, the publishers were really needed to push games out to retail outlets to get games in that supply chain. And if you don't need games to go to retail, if, people, if more people are like you know waking up on Saturday morning and playing on and like going into PSN and seeing what they can download and getting your game out that way, you can make some really good games that way. Or even publishers may see it as a good thing, and you know perhaps put some, you know push some more money in a, in a developer's direction uh, that they can use because since the game is going to be digital distribution only, um, that's as long as you're not. I guess publishing for EA because I'm pretty sure EA will not do that for you. So <laughs> we're talking somebody good like 2K. Or take <laughs> you know, take two. Those guys, good publishers. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's the thing. Like they Microsoft pushed into this way too fast, and now they set themselves back because now if they try to make any moves forward, people are going to be like, "Ah, oh, you're trying to do it again," you know. So, so Microsoft has been making Sony's job so easy. Sony's marketing department isn't even working. They took the summer off. They just got a big message board in the back that says, whatever Xbox is doing, we're not. Yeah, yeah, like just, they got the interns running the show. Yeah, refer <laughs> to the board. But what, what Xbox is doing, all right, there it is, right on the board. Yeah. We're not doing that. Pretty much. And it's funny that Sony has, I guess, in terms of perception, has such a lead over Microsoft because... Um, they like if you actually put the consoles side by side, they're pretty much the same thing, with the exception of Microsoft's access to the Azure cloud, which you know people say well Sony has Gaikai, but it's not the same thing. It's it's not the same thing. So, um, yeah, 
it's just funny. And you know, while while Jesse does make some points, um, and he's not necessarily wrong on the points that you know he could, you know, they could they would be pushing technology forward. You have to listen to the consumer. Other than that, you won't have anybody to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but let's go into our final topic, which uh, was on GamesIndustry.biz. It talks about uh, you know the, the developer well, Naughty Dog was surprised by the gender role backlash in The Last of Us, and while I haven't heard any, I haven't heard any big fussings about it. Uh, I know Last of Us did appear in that Anita Sarkeesian video, um, the Tropes video part two, where she was listing off, you know, she was like, you know, firing off a bunch of games where a female dies and it motivates the male hero, you know, to continue his quest or, you know, to seek revenge or something like that. Um, but besides that, there, like, there have been, I guess some people, uh, talking, like, I, I, I did hear one, uh, one person say that, uh, Joel, that Tess should have been the main character and she should have been he- helping Ellie through, uh, you know, The Last of Us or you should have played as Ellie the entire game. And it's just kind of like, why? Like, The the, the Last of Us, I, I honestly think, like, they, uh, they really weren't, weren't any real damsel in distress moments that I can really think of. Because Tess was, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, so I'm not going to mention too much, but, like, you know, while she, while she was in the game, like, she was very independent. Um... Ellie really there was no point in the game where she needed saving. Joel took some actions, but she never needed saving anywhere in that game. I thought that was very fair, and I even thought she held her own, especially once she she you know she started to develop more as a character. When she I guess started to shed some of her innocence, which you know that's not really a. Uh, Spoil either, so I don't have to bleep myself. <laughs> you but, can bleep yourself later. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll decide later. But still, yeah, I, I thought they, I thought they did a, an excellent job in The Last of Us in terms of you know gender roles. So, uh, be honest, the, the video that Anita Sarkeesian did, like she just listed off all these games. She doesn't know the backstory to any of those games. Well, I think it's it's really a question of. Is her point to sort of narratively analyze the exact use of those games, or is it simply she's just making a point that this game features a damsel in distress situation? And I'm using air quotes with that because it's it's basically just any situation where a girl is in trouble that a man has to save her, um, and and just sort of just highlight the gross inequity. Uh, I guess regarding sexism in video games, and 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 fundamentally this this narrative trope uh, that that gets overplayed. Um, the Last of Us may be a great narrative, but fundamentally, if you break it down, it you know, and you ignore all the details that make it a great narrative. Um, fundamentally, you break it down, it does hinge on on the beginning part with uh, Joel being motivated motivated by what happens to his daughter. Um, and fundamentally, to break it down even more than that, you know, you know, female dies, male, you know, is sent off on story. Um, and to, you know, to put it in such very brute terms, yes, the, that applies to The Last of Us. Uh, I think part of the problem, though, is that, you know, to look at sort of a lot of the tropes that she's looked at, 
the, you know, a lot of that shorthand came earlier in the industry when, you know, you, you know, to look at like, say something like Princess Peach or, or uh, Double Dragon, uh, the, the girlfriends there. Um, you know, gaming narrative has come a long way in that time. And, you know, something like The Last of Us, I don't think can be, you know, can be looked at so simply. But yet at the same time, yes, it does exist in that regard. Um, you know, outside of, I guess, allowing character, allowing either players to choose which character they play as or to choose the gender of the, the kid that dies at the beginning. Um, outside of that, I don't know what the, you know, anytime you, any, anytime you have a, anytime you have a story, you know, the author is going to be making certain decisions and those decisions become exclusionary to all the other choices that the art artist could have made. Um, and so anytime, you know, anytime somebody wants to tell a story about where there's a couple and one member of the couple, you know, dies and that propels the other one to action, um, you know, uh, at that point, you know, your options then become you know, is this going to be, uh, you know, is, is this a, a woman dying for a man? Because then that, then in that case, you know, you're falling into the stereotypical trope. Is it a, a man dying for a woman? Because then, you know, you know, that then you're, you're, you know, you're openly defying the trope or is it, you know, is it, is it a gay couple in some regard? And again, that can become the focus of the issue. And so it, in a way it's almost like there's, you know, with certain these story elements, there's almost like a no win situation that whatever type of situation you set up, it's somehow, you know, it fundamentally breaks down to somebody dies and somebody's somebody's going out there, and it's it's that that in and of itself is a played out trope in, in narratives like this. I don't know. See, to to just come out and say that, you know, to, you would have to break that game down to its barest root, or even like most of the games that you mentioned, you have to break them down to their barest root to say, okay, female dies, male character lives, and it's for you know it it affects him, and that's why he is the way he is. And that's not necessarily true, even especially with The Last of Us. I mean, you do, you do have the situation with Joel's daughter in the beginning, but, you know, there's a lot of other stuff happening, too. The world is pretty much coming to an end. So, you know, besides what happened to his daughter, you don't know if that affected the way he... Be, you, know, you don't know what else affected his personality. You know he's, li- he's, he's lived a rough life since, you know, I guess the... Uh, uh, patient zero or the initial, not the initial contact, but you know, when the virus was st- first spreading, but a lot of shit has happened. Who says even if, you know, what happened to his daughter didn't happen, who says he wouldn't have become that person? He still could have become a smuggler. He still could have become a very violent man because, uh, you know, of the life he had to live. So are you arguing then that his daughter dying was actually not necessary and they could have told the the narrative without that part? They could have told the narrative without that part. I think that might be part of Sarkeesian's point then, that, that we, they, we could have told this story without showing violence against a woman and just tried something different. But instead, we've gone to the very easy and man is pushed to action because someone is injured, a woman is injured, and she's just trying to demonstrate how often we rely on that. When even we talking now have to admit they could have done it another way. But see, I would think, and I say this as somebody who only played parts of the uh, an early build of the game, um, but I would think that the that that's intentional that they kill his daughter early on because then that's going to set up the fundamental like basis for how he's going to view Ellie going forward through the game. Um, that that she, you know he, she's going to be sort of a surrogate daughter, and how he bonds with her is entirely going to be based on the fact that he lost his daughter previously. 
And if they, and if, if you're saying that they don't actually use that dynamic and, and that fundamentally that the whole intro part with the daughter dying is gratuitous, then that's a little disappointing. Well, no, they do. Like you can, like he, you can, he does interact. I don't want to spoil the game for anybody. I don't want to tell people what really happens, but like he does start to develop a relationship with Ellie uh, that was similar to his daughter. But I mean, like if they change, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, he didn't have to, he couldn't develop that relationship anyway if his daughter, if her, if the daughter lived. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got the Walking Dead where most players admitted they had a really close relationship with Clementine. But did they start that off with the death of a child or anything like that to help make that connect, or did they just do that through good storytelling? Because so I unfortunately haven't played either of these games, so. Well, see right. the, the walk, and now the, I know Clementine died. Thanks, you know. Joel. Sorry, man. Wait, what? Yeah. I didn't say she died. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> you said she died. I said they developed a relationship with Clementine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she doesn't. <laughs> I thought I could have swore you say she died. I don't no. think I said it. I hope you did. Well, you go back through the tape and find out. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't actually know that. I never uh, played it. I have no idea. Oh, okay. I just know players frequently stated that they had a really great relationship with Clementine. Yeah. Like anyone I've talked to who's played it talks about that child at some point. Well, that, and there's yeah. no death of a child at any point mentioned in the beginning to sort of prompt the player to have that kind of relationship. That relationship grew out of like both that, that character growing. So it can be done without it. I mean, I can see the sort of duality they're trying to set up with the plot in The Last of Us by setting it up with the child's death and then making him sort of feel like he's becoming a father figure for Ellie later on. But it could have been done without it just through smart sort of storytelling. But well, I think there's a there's a fundamental difference, though, between The Last of Us and, and The Walking Dead in that The Walking Dead, they use Clementine as sort of the fulcrum for a lot of the conflict in the game. Where okay. when she's there, you have to decide how you're acting in front of her and how you're relating to her insofar as trying to raise her. Because I, I think she's also younger. Isn't she like 10 or like 8 or 10? Oh, yes. Like She's fairly younger there. Whereas with Ellie, what they were looking for was more of watching how these two people bond together. And whereas I, th- I think Clement- Clementine is a little more of an avatar where you're looking like – you're kind of projecting like, OK, like this is what I need to do with a little kid and – and, and you're, you're sort of able to, to uh, you know, kind of bring your own, you know, expectations to that and, and really allow that to fester within the game. Whereas for The Last of Us, what you're what you're fundamentally watching is you're watching this person, Joel, bond with this person, Ellie, and you're actually kind of stepped back from that. At no point does it feel like you personally are protect like, like with, with The Walking Dead, like you feel like you are directly relating with with uh, Clementine, like, you know, and I I think that's why a lot of people talk about that is because it's, they're not talking about the the character. They're talking about their relationship with this, you know, fictional girl. Whereas Naughty Dog had a very specific idea for what they wanted to do with Joel and Ellie specifically. And they even talk about how um, they even, they even talk about how the, even the whole idea for the last of us came out of a stage that they were thinking of doing in uncharted two, where the whole premise was you meet this girl who's mute and then you interact with her for part of the stage. And as you do, you kind of follow her. And then at the end you have this bonding scene together where you're looking out over a village and you know, that Genesis, that whole, you know, like, can we do this where you have this character that you only relate to through gameplay and then, you show this, you know, you show this relationship, bro, to a point where these two people are now relating and comfortable and, and actually, you know, connecting. They took that and expanded that into, you know, the entirety of The Last of Us. And so 
you know, so so the, the the relationship between Ellie and Joel becomes critical, and to that degree, Joel's you know if if Joel's fatherliness is going to play into that, then what happened with his daughter prior, I think that also is, is a huge part of it. I mean, the 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 Last of Us story definitely could have they could have worked the story, like I said, without killing. The girl, but like, would they be would they be complaining if, if he had a son and she and he got killed? I don't think so. No, no, because it will right off right off the bat, it wouldn't meet Sarkeesian's requirements. But right. but but then the issue then though is, does it relate as directly? I think there's there's a certain narrative. There's a narrative. Uh, you know, uh, uh, sim- uh, not symbolism, uh, parallelism there that Joel loses a daughter and then finds a surrogate daughter. And it, lo- you know, it loses that sim- symbolism to, to, for him to lose a son and then find Ellie. Now you could turn it around and say, well then, okay, let's go ahead. And he loses a son and then find, they make Ellie a boy. Um, and then does the game play the same if Ellie's a boy the whole way? Because one of the points they, they, they do, they do make is they find it funny that they're getting criticized for, you know they're getting criticized for sex for sexism when they had to work so hard to get Ellie on on the the, the cover of the game, and that they you know they turn around and she's you know she's the other protagonist. It's not just Joel. She's as much she's as much a part of that game as Joel is. Absolutely. And you fundamentally control Joe Joel. The story you know she's just as important and, and just as, as much there as he is. So that. For them to say that, like you know, that the game you know is, is sort of a slight towards women, that's really where the huge injustice comes from. It's that when you when you strip the game down to look at its barest narrative elements, where it's like, okay, a woman dies, guys propelled, you're missing the whole part of that story that he's propelled on, which is the actual meat of the story. That actually is fairly forward thinking, and that it takes you know a young girl and puts her in the spotlight. Yeah, it's true. Actually, there are periods, well, not periods, but there are. Uh... There are definitely times in that game where she saved my life and it was not scripted. It was not scripted. Like, you know, I am attacking one person, another person's coming to get me, and she, like, jumps on this guy's back, the other guy, while he's charging at me and starts stabbing him in the neck. Nice. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, and don't, like, yeah, don't expect that in the beginning of the game because she has to develop into that person. Yeah. You know, and there's actually a whole segment where you play as her. You know, like I said, when you play through the game, I would argue that should, that should be a spoiler. When you play as her, yeah, I'm not telling you. I'm not, that's not really a spoiler because I don't tell you what happens. There's a specific reason why you have to play as her. No, because no, they were saying that uh, they wanted to, they they uh, didn't want to talk about that when they were first doing the 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 the, uh, the promos for the game, and people would ask them like, "Do you ever play as Ellie?" And they'd lie about that. Like, well, no. yeah, because it's it's kind of a surprise. That's why. Yeah. Um, well, I should say what what happens happens pretty quickly, and then it's a surprise. Um. But yeah, like I said, as you play through the game, there's not one time where she needs you to really save her. I mean, some like you have companions, like some people come in, some people come out. You have companions throughout the game. However, like and, and some and sometimes the companions, like you know, a zombie will be on them, and you have to like you know push them off or you know kill them, or whatever. But that's normal shit. Um, but with her, like in terms of actually saving her, to my there's no real damsel and distress. Um, moment that she can't get out of on her own, or does not get out of on her own. Okay, trust me. Um, 
actually playing through her parts was it probably was why the game didn't become stale when they did it. They did it at the, at the right time for you to play as her. Uh, but yeah, but saying like you know like what Sarkeesian did, she broke down that game to its barest essence. Um, that and a couple of other games like um, she mentioned Max Payne three. Uh, well, she mentions Max Payne. Where is everybody here familiar with Max Payne? Like the story? Yes. If, so, if not, we should watch. Uh, we should watch uh, Joey's uh, Max Payne video. Right. Well, she says that because of Max Payne's, you know, losing his 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 child and his wife, he be he you know goes on a violent rampage. That is very. That's far from the truth. That is that is not the story of Max Payne. Max Payne, like he lo- he loses his wife. And his 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 son, or the son but his child. They don't mention whether it's a boy or a girl. Um, but that causes him to want to bring down the people who did this legally. He joins the DEA so he could become a mole. The only reason it becomes Max Payne is when they kill the only guy that knows you're in the DEA. Then you have to shoot your way out of there like a man. <laughs> So <laughs> it's, that, that's the story of Max Payne, but to break it down, be like, oh, like, you know, the death, like basically what she was saying in that video is that the death of a woman is just used as a story prompt to make the man have action. And that's what they were saying with The Last of Us. Not that we we just keep killing women in games, but because she was saying that the story, we just use it as a story pr- a prop to make men take action. And while Joel does take certain action because of what happens to his daughter, it's not what you think. And it's not the entire game. Okay? Most of that game you're going to go through, and his daughter's death is not going to have an, a, like a true impact on him until you get closer to the end of that game. Okay? Max Payne, his, like, you know, you know what his wife's death did? It turned him into a drug addict and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the, like the guilt of his of his of his wife dying. He didn't kill anybody because he feels guilty. He didn't. That's the, his the, the death of his wife, and even what happened to Mona. Depending on how you played Max Payne too, you know, even with all that happening, like that's not his motivation. His motivation is just he wants to do the right thing, and he keeps he's a, he he has a really shitty life. I love Max Payne. <laughs> no, but but even then, like Max Payne, it's it, it's entirely like a noir, a noir, like genre piece, and like you know, sort of the the you know the family dying and the guy like turning to alcoholism and drugs, like that's that's like a staple of the noir genre. Like, I mean, I I understand again, like I said, on like a fundamental level, like does it meet these check boxes of you know, woman die, man goes to action, like yes, but but you know, the issue there is really not. That, you know, it's it's that Max Payne's cribbing from another genre where that's sort of the staple of that that genre, and so you know, not to say that you know, at, at that point, it, it really be you know, it becomes a greater you know an, an analysis of media at large, and, and you know, how many of these tropes, and especially how many of these tropes that we've seen repeated so often, you know, how many of them are you know are are not, not I guess in, ingrained in a way, and it, it's I mean, is it something? I mean, how you know, how do you I mean, how do you even break that? I mean, if that is that something that needs to be broken? That, that okay, we know, you know, woman dies, man, you know, becomes upset and and drinks, 
you know, that, that's terrible. That's, you know, but that's, that's sort of the genesis of everything. There. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, if I were to say something sure. and say no, <laughs> it's because of a man. <laughs> I don't recognize the, uh, the inherent sexism and misogyny. And it, I just think in that video, she broke things down a bit too far for those specific examples. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There are definite, like, you know, there are definite examples uh, in gaming where I think things are a bit more misogynistic. You know, maybe having a threesome in the beginning of God of War was a bit much. You but know? he's a god. Does he? Does he not even play as a man? He's a, yeah. He's not a god. He, he doesn't become like actually doesn't even become a. I haven't finished God of War, so I don't even know if he becomes a god. He's just a man. When the game's mistitled, it should be Man of War. Well, no, you become he, God of War by the end of the first one. Calm down. Yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> <laughs> he better be having foursomes then. <laughs> no, still same old. Still just threesomes. Oh. Same old biz. Yeah, well, he's a game god. He's a, he's a god now, so he has stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Like sit on his throne and mope. <laughs> god, he's cranky. Yeah. Well, well actually, all... wait. Didn't, didn't we even see in the one? And I based this all on the one PlayStation uh, commercial. But didn't we even see like he had a family and they were all killed? Yep. Yeah, but that he is... did it. Oh, he did it himself. God damn it, Joel! I was gonna play Please. that game. <laughs> <I was>... <laughs> Go ahead. He kills everybody. Are you honestly surprised? <laughs> Anyone? If you kill this god, the sun will fall out of the sky. He's like, I don't care. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> to find out he killed someone else does not surprise me anymore. You can bleep that spoiler at all you want, but God, but Kratos I, I think there's a, statue, there's a statue of limitations on it, and I think it's past. Like you know, that's, that's almost yeah, two, yeah, that's two, gen- yes, two generations behind at this point. Mm. So yeah, I'll, I'll let it go. Plus, I'm pretty sure they put it in the advertising now. So oh, they did. I'm pretty sure at some point it's like he killed his family, and they're like, oh crap, it's Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean there's plenty of examples of misogyny, uh, you know, mis- you know, I guess misogyny in games, but actually even some of the examples she used, I mean, like okay, she used prey, and she exactly, you know, what happened happened where she said, you know, it's violence against women where your girlfriend is the monster, and the only thing you can't, the only choice you have is to kill her. So, but you know what? As a player, as a player, I looked to see if there's another way for us to, for this to happen. However, there was not. There, I had the shooter in the face. She was in pain. I put her out of the shooter in the face. No, that's just what I do all the time. <laughs> can't shut that off. Yeah, can't can't shut that off. Shoot him in the face all the time. Yeah, but so like there were definitely some you know, some examples that were def- that were true. But Last of Us, I think was, that was a bit of a stretch. Max yeah. Payne was quite a bit of a stretch. Oh, you mentioned Slaughterhouse. Uh, Splatterhouse, yeah. Splatterhouse, sorry, Splatterhouse yeah. is pretty much the same deal as Prey, where you come to one level and the monsters basically turned your girlfriend, who you're trying to rescue, into a monster. So you have to, you end up fighting her to just get her out of this. And every couple of hits she takes, she'll turn back into herself and say, "Help me," which is terrible. It makes you sick while you're doing it. Yeah, it's not like players are enjoying it. I think, and I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. And it's funny because actually that that segment of the video was specifically about violence against women in games. Mm-hmm. And to that I say, please count all of the men I've slaughtered. 
<laughs> in these games. Is it okay for me to slaughter them? But you know, when it, when a chick dies, it's a big deal. I look at a fucking um Shank Two. I I don't know if you can do this in Shank One, but in Shank Two, you cannot pounce any females in that game. It is huh. impossible, and it is it pisses me off that the level is fucking hard because of that. Like if your strategy is to pounce an enemy and shoot the others off, you can't do that in this game in, in, in like a specific level in Shank Two. If you pounce a girl, she immediately pushes you off. So you're unable to put one down and then shoot the others. It's lame. That's not fair. I can shank <laughs> all the men I want. You know. And this one level that has chicks, I can't shank them. They deserve to get shanked just like everybody else. That's Especially equality. That That is equality. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, like, yeah, that's... If you if 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 you want to say something about like a violence against women in games, it has to go both ways. Unless it's just like gratuitous, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you know, beating a beating a prostitute in GTA and getting your money back. Besides being a strategic gym, that's yes. actually a bit, that's actually a bit. More, you know, they're not gonna fight back really. No. I don't think it's not. Like they're gonna pull. They're not gonna pull a gun and really fight back with you. But then again, the average the average pedestrian really won't either. You know, I'm trying to think of a game of a game where you really just like if, if, if you could just really give it to her like a, like a chick just like beat her up or punch her and she she did, they don't do anything like Shank at least they're attacking you they're enemy combatants yeah I like, don't know well I can't, I can't think of a game where you can really just be violent against a woman just to be violent even in Devil May Cry uh, the new one like you know. You're beating up uh, Lilith, but you know what? She just had a baby come out of her hair, so that's mm. <laughs> that's that's a different story. She's can, she's a part of that. Of her hair? Yeah, long story. You should play it. Yeah, because <laughs> whatever explanation we offer will not help. <laughs> <laughs> but by by the time you're actually fighting the boss, the baby has come out of her hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of that baby. Yeah, that uh, I beat the shit out of that baby. So yeah, the baby, baby had a comment. Yeah, yeah where's, our, where's our violence against babies video? Yeah. We're filming it now. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeking into it. Hey, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we've we've t- talked all we can out of that one. Um. So yeah, well, let's see. Let's let's come. Well, I'm trying. To, besides the stuff that we know is coming out on the twentieth, the twentieth is like. The re- return to gaming day. Mm-hmm. What else is coming out here? Uh, Dragon's Crown came out yesterday, and I will be getting around to that somehow. It's not sometime; it's somehow now. Mm. So it looks incredible. I just the artwork for Vanillaware Games is just fantastic. Even if they are getting a lot of crap over the sorcerers for it. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. Um, they got uh, the the art designer got accused of being sexist for his design on the sorceress, and he basically had to defend himself, saying these are all kind of like caricatures of like tropes of the genre, and it's just kind of a slowly building mess. I'm not as familiar with it as I would like, but uh, it's because I want to play the game, and I'll figure worry about that stuff later. 
is it an RPG or is it a beat em up? What is it? Beat em up. Actually, I'm yeah, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at it now. It is a beat em up. Huh? Is that a is it that full game or is it a digital download? Full game. It's sitting not too far from me right now. Oh, is it sixty bucks? Forty. It's Vita, so. Oh, it's Vita. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I might have to pick that up. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you if it's any good. It's been getting good reviews from people who aren't upset about the sexism and the sorceress. Jesus Christ. Oh, you you just find the pictures? I'm finding pictures. Like, I just found a picture of, like, this chick with an axe. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Is that the Amazon? The one with who's pretty much, like, 99% muscle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She squats, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) She's got muscles on muscles. Yeah, she does. She has muscles on muscles. But it pretty much she's just wearing a, a bra and a thong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, I can see why that... <laughs> I can see why that could be a problem, but at the same time, it is a caricature. Yeah. But I see why it's an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, go look up Sorceress. Now that I, you're I, just, I just saw the Sorceress. I just that's, saw the Sorceress. That's a back problem. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> right. Her, her oh, snapped. Wow, yeah, this is okay, I can see why it's a problem, but Oh yeah. Holy shit, look at that six pack. Mm. Sure that's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dude. <laughs> Those legs, man. Hulk Hogan didn't have legs that big. No. He yeah. always dreamed of them though. <laughs> he could always dream. Oh man! I actually kind of think it's funny now that I'm looking at it again, like the Amazon, mm-hmm. where you just see such a muscular body that would normally go on a male, but it's a woman. Yeah, yeah, but it still has. It's like, it's like he took the muscles of a man, but then fit them into the overall frame of a woman, because she still has the insanely wide hips. Yeah, and it's it's it's. De- I mean, it's definitely stylized. It's definitely stylized. It's definitely mm-hmm. overblown, like for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to look at that and then look at the sorceress, it makes sense that, okay, like, this is what they were going for, I guess. I mean, it's obvious. If you look at the sorceress, sorceress without any context, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see why people would be like, okay, that's horribly sexist. Yeah, because this is a far cry from, like, Ninja Gaiden 2, where everybody else is dressed kind of normal, like, oh, I'm an FBI agent. I just happen to wear a dominatrix outfit to the office because <laughs> those are standard issue now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was comical. God, that was like, okay, this makes sense. Sure, why not? Ninja Gaiden, okay. Yeah. yeah okay, so I, I can see why there's backlash about that. that. That's pretty funny. But if the game's good, let me know, because I might actually pick it up. I'm always looking for a good Vita game. Actually, mm-hmm. I have a preview for um, Killzone that I'm going to be doing soon. Oh, nice. That'd be cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that, see how that plays on the Vita, and then, you know, go from there. Uh, well, let's see what what else is really coming out. Uh, oh shit! Now I gotta go back through all that stuff. No way. There we go. Um, yeah, see, nothing really, er, nothing really good until you know back in uh, the twentieth, man. It does look some good. I'm so excited. Yeah, the twentieth. The it looks like that's when everything is, is really, is really coming out. Saints Row Four, um, 
Splinter Cell Blacklist and XCOM, uh, the Bureau XCOM, mm-hmm. which will probably sell the least out of all those. You know, last time I said it was, it was Splinter Cell that will sell the least, but what was I thinking? That brand is going to sell. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's it's probably going to be XCOM that sells the least out of that. So, yeah. But yeah, so I guess we're just waiting for that. I think there's a new Walking Dead chapter coming out. Oh no, Season 1 Bundle is coming out. Uh, actually I have all the Walking Dead I bought it on the Humble Bundle and I just never played it so I might actually play it to see if Clementine dies or not <laughs> now that old, not sure. at least somebody will clear it up for us yeah no so we'll see but um yeah let's uh we'll wrap up on that uh as always thank you for listening uh you can catch us on soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons uh you can also catch us on iTunes uh, for your iOS devices. Uh, we are on Stitcher Smart Radio for streaming on Android and iOS, or you can actually download there now. Um, you can catch us on twitter.com slash mtb site, facebook.com slash smash those buttons, and youtube.com slash smash those buttons. So all those places, you can check us out because we are really, really interesting people. Yep. Joel will tell you. Yep, we are. You'll never catch us on top of your mom. We promise. <laughs> Maybe not Jared. Jared. Jared still. We're not sure. <laughs> okay. And on that note, Nick, <laughs> Nick just has this uncomfortable look on his face. I've had yeah. an uncomfortable look for a while. <laughs> I earned these things. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> All right. So we definitely like to thank Joel for joining us tonight. And he may join us more in the future, hopefully. And uh, yeah, with that. We will catch you guys next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yep. Have a good weekend, good folks. See you.